Welcome everybody. This is your boy Devin. Sorry, no, 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 no. We're gonna sign that over. Welcome everybody. This is the Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host, Devin. It's your boy EJ. And we are just two guys living in New York trying to live faithfully when we can. When we can. All right, let's get into it. Let's give them the coronavirus update first. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> That's my update. <laughs> I'm scared. Why are, you, why are you scared? Well, cl- no, I'm not scared. I um, I'm clearly going to work every day. Um, that is scary, though. That is very scary. I think, you know what? And I don't want to delve too deep into this, but, you know, we've just had a lot of deaths hit us lately. Like, at first, you know, I was kind of like, okay. People were dying, but it didn't hit home yet. But, like, this last two weeks for us, you know, like, people we know, I'm just... And then Mm -hmm. stuff I'm seeing on Facebook, I mean, people are just dying. Going. You know? And I'm just like, wow, this is really... And there's really no end. Like, there's no remedy in sight. And people, they kind of think, oh, by the summer, this is going to light up a little bit. And it may not. It may not. I was actually just talking to a friend of ours, and she was telling me that she had heard something along the lines of our new normal, like, doesn't start until spring of next year. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I can't, I can't do another 365 days of this. No. This is too much. Yeah. Like, we're not made to be living in seclusion like this, you know? Right. I can see, like, it'd be a little better if we lived in the country. You can walk around your estate. Okay, estate, that's a lot. Like, (laughs) that's a lot. Like, walk around your acres, like your land. And not even land. Like, if you're, like, in Jersey or something, like, your your yard, anything. Yeah, but even even that, like, for, for those people, that seems like, a small amount of space because they're already accustomed oh, to, yeah. to that, right? So, like for them, they're like, I could see if you like you had a mansion, right? Right, right. It just gets bigger and bigger. It just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, but for us, but, like you know, Jersey would be like a vacation at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm I'm thinking about where's that red lobster that's in Jersey? I mean, there's probably a ton of them. Yeah, but one like, particular I'm thinking about. I'm like, damn! I would, I would kill to go to like Route Four, yo, Paramus Mall. I would kill to go to that Cheesecake Factory, and I think it's T-Neck. Like all the church people go to, yep. And I'm just like, I would just kill for that right now. Yo, yeah, I haven't been to Cheesecake Factory in forever. Me neither. I think what scares me is like, um, what's gonna happen? Like when we just run out, like. Now we still like in within a month or two months of it, you know, we're kind of like tipping on the balance here. But like, what happens after three months or six months? Like, I just that's the scary thing. It's just unknown. Yeah, it's hard to say how things are going to, I guess, progress. But I mean, I, a lot of states are already kind of like planning on how they're going to come back online, mm-hmm. um, and so it'll be interesting to see how things really like get back into like their normal flow especially here in new york because like everyone's got to get on the train to go to work Mm -hmm. you know like that's like they're already telling you you're not supposed to be in like close proximity to people particularly like people that you don't live with 
and stuff, and you're like, you want us to all pack onto a train? It's not like people know how to get on the trains now without forcing themselves in there trying to get, you know, get on just for the sake of getting exactly. On, you know, and so I can't. I I I find it very hard to imagine what New York will look like. I actually think a lot of people are going to start riding bikes to work. So, That's my prediction. Uh, a lot of certain people. <laughs> But yeah. Well, people who can, right. I mean, you know, if you have, if you have the money for a bike, you know, or if you have like the endurance to actually make it to work on right. a bike, but I think, I think that's going to be kind of like the next wave. If you're not getting in an Uber, like an Uber X or, um, you know, if you don't want to get on the train, you don't want to risk mm. that. I mean, what's your other option right. to get to work, especially if you live like in the outer boroughs? Yeah. Oh God. I can imagine biking from out of borough yeah like the people in queens are like um one of our friends was telling us like for her to get to school when she was younger it was like you always had to get on a oh, bus yeah. to get to a train and then walk and i'm <laughs> yeah like that's a lot <laughs> yeah i can't i couldn't even imagine doing i've always that. been used to like at least for school train get off a couple blocks Right, right. One train. Not like some people were taking like three trains and I'm just like nope. like no. <laughs> no. Transferring that fourteen to get on the L it's train awful. to go somewhere else. And, like, and to me, that's a lot for a kid. I can see like if you're working, I mean I mean it's a lot for anybody. That's just a lot because you're gonna work all day, you're gonna be in school all day. Then now you're talking about spending almost three hours getting to and from where you need to go. It's just a lot. Yeah, and I I know I have friends who have like you know two three kids. Well, not I shouldn't say two three kids. They have like two kids. They're in D.C. They're in New York, and I'm like, Phew. yeah, like I don't know how y'all managing all that. <laughs> I'm barely managing by my barely managing my own life <laughs> with one other person. Yeah, know? and I feel like there's no time in the day. Like I just feel like when do I have like leisure time? There is no such thing as leisure time. Nah. <laughs> not to, not not now. Yeah. It's go to work, go home, and maybe catch something on Netflix or Hulu yeah. if it's interesting enough. Speaking um, of that, um, Little Fires was really good. I suggest everyone watch that. Great plot. Uh, it's uh, adapted from a book, so I don't think they'll be having a season two. But great acting, great story, very intense. Yeah, Hulu is good about getting shows there that they adapt from books like even um handmade yeah that's adapted from a book um i think there was one other series that they had that was just like oh that's a book um but they yeah they've been killing that i'm going to check that out too i have that on it's so good you're gonna really enjoy it but um but what do you think about trump's suggestion so about the Using it's almost like at what point do you just like <laughs> shut up or just say to yourself I'm walling <laughs> like <laughs> I am risking everything and just saying anything I want like you just come on let's poison this he he doesn't care nah. you know once we elected yeah. him in Remember when he said on his campaign, he was like, I could go down Fifth Avenue, shoot somebody, and they'd still elect me as president? Yeah. This is his This is his version of Fifth Avenue. I'm going to tell people to, that, you know what? 
putting disinfectant into your lungs and veins yeah. wipes it right on out. That's his version of this. Some right people now. were like, yeah, let his followers do it. Go ahead. <sighs> you know, that's like as someone who's grown up in church and you like you're grown you're taught to like have morals mm-hmm. and you know there's like the whole verse of like you know love thy enemy yeah. and all that stuff and i'm like i'm like was was this what they had yeah in like is this it because <laughs> like, i because i got this it because <laughs> i want to make sure i pass this yeah. test but if this is you know not really a graded situation yeah. i'd really like to not have to do this I really like to not have to pray for these people, it, or him in isn't particular. Isn't one of the attitudes bless those that persecute you? Oh yeah. my god! Like this is yeah. what well, is not really persecution. <laughs> it's not persecution, but it's someone who's in power who has who has a lot of dangerous thoughts, yeah. and he doesn't seem to know how to filter his thought process that's constructive. Yeah. And that's the dangerous part because a lot of his followers and they don't know how to really think for themselves either. Or at least they, they think they're thinking for themselves. But really, they're just kind of like allowing this guy. They're letting him go, you know, not holding the reins on him whatsoever, yeah. you know. And so they're just being they're being taken for the ride just as we are. It's just they don't know that they're not in control. Right, right, right. You know, um, but you know what? We are we the saints. We're going to be praying for those people. Yeah, you... We're gonna we're gonna hope that they have more sense <laughs> to not drink Clorox. Yeah, you just never know. But if they do, if they do, do I just are you are you just gonna shoulder shrug it? Like, uh, kinda. Unless unless you're like, like mentally, you know, incapable of processing adult thoughts and common sense that's that's something well, about then, i mean like yeah, an that, that's a mentally challenged person yeah yeah no 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 that's that's totally different that but you know what this sounds like sad. jim jones in the sense in the yeah. sense of somebody could have really done that i think i saw a news report and by news report i think i saw in the shade room where it says like a few people in new york actually did that like they drank some disinfectant yeah, and i was like y'all can't be this stupid that don't even smell like something that you'd want to ingest nope. or, or taste <laughs> i'm sure it doesn't taste it's just no. i wonder what it felt like probably burned <laughs> oh they're like oh my throat hurts like damn son but then didn't he say he was like joking or something it doesn't even matter. Like, why are you joking? I agree. About that? Like, is this a joke? A joking matter to you? I think his whole thing is a joke. He thinks it's a joke. Oh boy, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Man. Well, Mich- Michelle Obama, we can, we can vote. Uh, we can vote. Michelle Obama has a documentary <laughs> coming out May six. So I'm yeah, ready for that. Saw that. That should be. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. It's supposed to cover her life post White House. Right? I believe so. I, I honestly just saw it for the first time today. Yeah, that'll be. I think that'll be interesting to see, kind of like what her thought process was, and 
in terms of like writing her book, her memoir, you know, going on the full on the nationwide tour. Um, and even just to hear her thoughts about like, you know, being the first lady in the United States, being the first black woman as a, uh, who was held that position, right, right. you know. Or I could go read her book. Yeah, yeah it's been other. sitting there since it came out. I'm just kind of like, yeah, like God, just so much streaming <laughs> options. I bought it for my mom. I, I bought, bought it for my mom, mom and, and kept my it. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> like she can, she she can. You didn't even, she don't even no, know. She, what no, she no, <laughs> Yo, um, going back to like being merciful and the saint part of this. So I'm re- I'm on Instagram right now. Actually, it says leader of mm-hmm. North Carolina. Anti-lockdown protest test positive for COVID nineteen. So we're both kind of like semi only children. Let's just let's leave that there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So we we kind of grow up as only children. Um, like the only child in me is just I'm so torn between being like oh told you so, or like or like really <laughs> that, like or like no this is dumb serious. Like the more they protest. It can spread, but then the other half, I'm just like, who cares? Like you knew better. So I gotta work on my compassion. It's just not there. So I learned a new word over the weekend. I was reading this book. It's called "blight." It the word is blithely, and basically what it means is to lack compassion. I was just like, you know, sometimes I feel quite blithely, and when I hear a story like that, I'm like. How how do I have compassion for mm-hmm. this person when they openly basically like rebelled against the system that's trying to help everybody to not get sick, to bring down or I guess flatten the curve, as they say, like, and then you go ahead, you lead this thing, you get sick yourself. And I'm like, I'm like, you want me to pray for yeah. this person? You know, and that's like the one of the toughest parts about, I guess, being a Christian is having like, you know, this unlimited capacity of like empathy and sympathy yeah. for people. Because I'm like, I'm like, I would never wish that on my grandmother. If my, if for whatever reason my grandmother was out there protesting as well, I'd be looking at her like, like I know yeah. you, Alice. And then if she got sick, I would feel upset about it, you know? But at the same time, I'd be like, why were you well, out there? My grandmothers. I'm trying to put myself in this. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I just have such a I told you so mentality. It's so awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not that I'll do that to my grandmothers, but like... But it's not even just you. It's everybody has yeah. been saying it. This isn't yeah. a hoax. You know, like this isn't. This, while it may not be as bad as like the bubonic plague, you know, people aren't just dropping dead all over the place. This is this is this century's version of it. Yeah. You know, and okay, you're upset that your small business isn't isn't open. There are mad people who are upset that their small businesses aren't open. You don't get to just then uh, try and upend the system mm-hmm. by by arguing that it's your choice to be outside. What is your choice to get sick and spread a disease that could kill 
possibly millions yeah. of people. That's that's the choice you want to make. And it's crazy how like then they had the comparison so, of like um God, what's that guy? Oh, Colin Kaepernick. How he like how he protested oh, yeah, for like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ri- human rights, like like lives, mm-hmm. like people being killed. Yeah, and for for for, for de- like hu- human decency. For... And y'all are going off about yeah. your 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 businesses and your haircuts, like trying to and but like trying to say we're trying to save you. It's but with oh, guns. Yeah. That's the thing about it. It was like they're standing in front of public buildings in front of state buildings with guns and no one is even blinking an eye at these people like how is that not an act of aggression yeah. right there with, like with the guns like just the symbolism of it it's crazy yeah you say I, I if i have a cell phone in my pocket you know or in my hand you don't know what it is you shoot but here you clearly see what it is that they're that they're brandishing right in front of you and you're just like oh it's just it's yeah. old Jimbo. Yeah, from the we knew his daddy. <laughs> like, right. So this whole this whole thing is, is upside yeah, down. Yeah, it is, but it always has been. I was reading about um, remember Amadou and Diallo when when we were like ten years old. Yo, that was like so. I guess technically, we were alive for Rodney King, but I wasn't nah. really conscious of nah. like what was happening. Um, but Amadou Diallo was the first time that I remember, like, being aware of like poli- mm-hmm. police brutality mm-hmm. and like, like unnecessary mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. of force. Because that was like a big story, at least here in New York. I don't know if if it was like a nationwide story, but I remember that being a huge thing in New York. Because he was like, he was he had just something like that. To New York, right? He wasn't even he wasn't even like a U.S. citizen. Okay. I don't think. Um, I may be getting it wrong because it's been so long, but I re- I do remember them saying like, yeah, they shot at him like <laughs> sixty four times and he got hit fourteen times. So I was like, I was like, they reloaded like, on this dude. Like, first of all, the nineteen that hit him, like, come on, right? There's like it was like forty one altogether. I remember those numbers. I'll always remember those numbers. Yeah, yeah, it was 41 shots. That's crazy to me. Because, like, I've been to a gun range in Texas, and the clips that they had us, uh, that they gave us, they only hold 10 bullets. Really? Yeah, so, like, you unloaded an entire clip on somebody. Wow. Like, one person. And I was like... And my thing is, like, what's person. the root of the aggression? It's fear. It's it's the way that police are trained in this country. They're trained to be afraid, in particularly yeah. in black neighborhoods, um, and neighborhoods, minority neighborhoods, I should say. And because a lot of them don't have actual relationships with people oh, in yeah, the neighborhood, they all they can go off of is like movies they've seen. So like if you're a cop and you've watched <laughs> yeah, yeah, day yeah. all fucking day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's your perception. Like your whole mind, that's your perception yeah. of black people. Even the black people in the force with you, that's probably yeah. your perception of them. 
And then this is during the you time know, of so real. I mean, hip hop will always have that kind of urban edge, yeah. But like edge. this is during the nineties, like yeah. hip hop was some real gangster stuff back then. So it was like you like, oh, yeah. this is the representation, and, and all the guys on the block were kind of mimicking that. So like you're making the correlation, like, oh, this is a real thing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're about this. So, yeah. and then you also had um, oh, yeah Giuliani, yeah. who was oh, in yeah. office at the time. So he had been cracking down, not just not just on black people, but like all crime yeah. altogether. Like his whole the whole reason why he even got into office actually was because he had mm-hmm. taken on the mob. And so, you know, that's like his whole thing. It's just like I gotta crack down on crime. And then on on top of that, it's like a nationwide um it's a nationwide uh effort to find out who these super mm-hmm. predators are, right? And all of them just happen to be black. So yeah, I I can totally see how that has had sunk into like a lot of those police officers' psyche and remains yeah. there now. You know, so yeah, it, it it does not surprise me that that old Jimbo <laughs> is up at the Jim, courthouse. No, I got one, Jimba. His... <laughs> there it is, Jimba. <laughs> Jimba. There it is. <laughs> I'm not surprised that he's up at the courthouse brandishing his m16 mm, mm, mm. you know fully all in automatic that's gun that's so crazy talking about wow. i need a haircut you know and not being arrested yeah. for anything you know so it, it's it's yeah. out of control man well but uh love, love your, your enemies. enemies um bless those who yes. persecute you um there's yes. something else in that passage Oh well, um, Jesus, you know, is an interesting guy. Interesting, interesting. He is or was? He was like was on his time on Earth. That's what I meant by was. Oh was yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that on this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'll save that for offline. <laughs> Woo! You know, right, right, sometimes right. I just. you know me anyway Mm -hmm. do you think uh, hold on what was I going to say we'll cut some of this stuff out Um, you want to get to the next topic I thought you had a question Uh, no I was was, but then it it didn't (laughs) wait wait so I say it and it cut it out too deep um I was going to say, do you think that uh, more people have lost their faith or gained faith during this whole coronavirus? Oh, please. All right. Um, Do I think we got to find a way to edit this? No, we can leave it like this. Um, Yeah. Oh, great question. From what I see, I see people um, holding strong to their faith um, that um, Mm. Even though people are dying, they're passing, uh, it's hitting people hard. I see people looking toward God to give strength and um, that we'll make it out of this and uh, we'll go back to normal and 
we'll live our lives and we'll be restored and this and that. I haven't seen too much pessimism. Okay. Like, oh my God. Like, I saw more pessimism on 9-11 than I see here. Like, oh my, like, oh God, wow. what kind of God yeah. it is. And I haven't seen any of that for this uh, pandemic here. Yeah, I will, I will say that I feel like a lot of people, or at mm-hmm. least people that I know who have, you know, been in their faith journeys, they have not really wavered in terms of like, you know, attending their mm-hmm. services online or, you know, putting up their inspirational yeah. messages and things like that. Like, you know, talking through kind of like how they're coping with, yeah. the, with the situation, whether it be just personally or, you know, with their faith, I guess faith is personal, but um, I was surprised. I thought I'd see like more kind of. Like yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, like I haven't seen people be like, oh my God, I'm done with church. I was whack. Well, we ain't in the building, so why not? No, I see people pretty much into like keeping, um, holding their traditions strong the uh, things they've been yeah. like they on Sundays they'll watch multiple services rather than just one you know just the community I've seen the people I know they're kind of holding to that and they're looking forward to being together again so um, that's one yeah. thing like they this when I, when I think about like Black Mirror and like all that apocalyptic lifestyle that's not going to work with this generation mm-hmm. of people Ooh. Just the people that I that? see online and people I talk to, they can't wait to fellowship again. Like uh, be at restaurants mm. again, have parties again. I mean, obviously, hopefully we'll do it safely. Not like breaking, you know, any yeah. kind of health codes or anything. But, you know, we want to be amongst each other. Like we're a social people, not even just black people, just people. We're communal. This whole like True. being quarantined, like as a lifestyle, people are just not with it. Yeah, no, I was, you know, I was surprised that, like, well, I'm not surprised. Surprise is the wrong word. But it'd be interesting if, like, on one of these hot days, I can imagine a lot of churches saying, you know what, we're going outside. We're going to, like, somehow do this whole social distancing thing, but we're going to have, like, church outside in the park or something like that. We'll just have to be six feet apart from each other. Because I just don't see how people how you're going to keep all these people inside, particularly during the summer. Like I took a walk um, mm-hmm. this past Saturday because mm-hmm. it was actually kind of nice out. Yeah. Everybody is outside. And, and part of it is just like, you know, it's part of your rhythm that yeah. once spring comes, yeah. you're supposed to be outside, particularly on nice days. So I think New York is going to be, I think we're going to be in for an interesting summer when it comes to like gatherings and like keeping some sort of routine. Bro, can you imagine the heights? Like, like people not being outside, (laughs) like (laughs) umbrella, like not sitting outside, like, like nah, what? I get like all the corners, all of them going to be domino games all over the place. Uh, yeah, I that's going to research what the interest in making a vaccine and why it takes so long. I understand you have to test it over and over, this and that. I need to. I don't know too much about it, but God, it's just like. So I can tell you a little bit about it because I was. Um, I heard. I heard mm-hmm. it on on a podcast. So essentially, 
what you have to do is first you have to isolate the actual vaccine or the actual disease, right? Mm-hmm. Like the virus. And then typically what they do is they have to replicate it. And what they use mm. are chicken eggs. Problem is chickens only lay one mm. egg a day. Right? So if you need and you're you're testing this vaccine for billions of people now. It's not like you're testing for like this small community. So all you need is like a handful of eggs. You're going to need maybe a couple thousand, maybe close to a million eggs. Right. And, and so they have to isolate the, the actual disease. They have to figure out like how it's coded in terms of like it's RNA and it's DNA and stuff like that. And figure out like all this other scientific uh, components that make up the actual mm-hmm. virus itself because you got to remember like a virus yeah. itself is a living organism right so they have to figure out how to basically the vaccine what it does is they will it will like find the actual virus mm. and destroy it and it will protect your cells from actually catching it catching any other forms of it but it's hard to do that if one chicken Mm -hmm. eggs are so limited two viruses usually go through populations Mm -hmm. fairly quickly right especially like nowadays when you know information is much easily accessible you know not just within a country but also between countries it's not like back in the you know first century when you know all you had was oh, your yeah. king right, to tell right, right. you what to do <laughs> and, you know right. and, and he, he dies in the middle sick. of it so <laughs> right so you know there's there's way more information out there and it's you know you have organizations like the who the cdc mm. nih all these places but anyways so that's like part of the reason why it takes so long it's just like by the time they actually are able to come up with a few vaccines mm. that they think will work, right? And also they gotta get these chicken eggs, whatever. It, I don't know why they have to use chicken eggs to do this, but this is what they said. Um, once they've like actually found a vaccine that they think they can, that will work, now they gotta find humans <laughs> that are willing to. And do there goes the comment about Africans. Right. Not so willing. So, you know, right. And so, you know, they were saying in this episode that, so when they had, well, I forget if it was N1H1 that was first or or swine flu. I don't know. I, I forget the order which these things came in, but all of them are like a version mm. of COVID, right? And they were saying that whatever the last one was, they were they were working on a vaccine and they were a lot of these companies they were funding the vaccine for it but by the time they had gotten you know a vaccine ready that they could start mm-hmm. putting through trials and stuff it had already gone through you know its cycle so there weren't really many people that were still infected with it not enough to do like human clinical trials with and so they stopped funding for to find a vaccine and what the scientist was saying is like had we kept funding it 
and actually figured it out right now, we would have had some sort of vaccine ready or we could have like manipulated it so that it could be ready to take on Mm. this COVID-19. So that's why it takes so long. And that's why vaccines, you don't really get a lot of vaccine vaccinations and stuff. So it's just, it's such a long process. It's supposed to take like two to three years. So yeah, vaccines are interesting. I'll send you the, the podcast I heard from. I'm pretty sure it was on. Uh, okay. On the yeah, it's definitely something to look into because I'm just like, I need to follow the process if one has started already, honestly. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think they said right now there are like two promising leads, mm-hmm. one from this company, Gilead. Um, I forget what the other one, where that one was coming from, but there were some hopes for that but again by the time they get through human trials and they're pushing this one so fast i'm kind of like if it takes you on on a normal timeline three years to get one approved and ready for humans to actually use i don't know that i want the one that you decided to create wow in a handful of months (laughs) <laughs> definitely <laughs> alright where we at insecure you guys do our, our insecure so recap <laughs> I feel like I texted you I was so sleepy last night yo but I, I did see it oh you're gay. Oh, okay. um, I didn't fall asleep but I was like something about this episode I don't know they're getting drier or something like when you I didn't go, like last night's episode no I definitely did I just there's something like very uneventful this season going on I don't know, like, I'll go back and watch season one and two a lot. I remember just being a little more engaged. Um, it's cool, though. I think, like I said, they're going to hook up again. Um, well, I was more interested in in the whole Condola and Lawrence uh, Oh, that, get, that dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, God, remind me. What happened again? They- so, so, Lawrence in the beginning of the episode, he was practicing like his interview. Mm -hmm. Um, Sounds like he was trying to pitch for a new position at the company. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's over at Condola's spot because I guess he stayed over or she stayed over at his spot. It looks like actually. Um, But remember she was just like, he invited her to do Friendsgiving with him and his friends. And she was like, well, I'm actually doing something at my spot. He's like, okay, well, you know, do you, should I come over? Mm-hmm. So she's acting weird. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like she didn't really want to invite him. So she was like, all right, fine. Like, you know, come over. Mm-hmm. He goes over there. And remember, like, the sink was broke. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, he tried to fix it. But the real thing that was going on was just, like, her friends were being really shady towards him. Mm-hmm. Almost as if like he was the only one that wasn't really in the know of like how she might have felt or kind of like how they were perceiving this new relationship that mm-hmm. she's engaging in. Cause mm-hmm. homeboy homeboy kind of clowned him about his shirt. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Right. And then uh when he and Robin Thede went to go uh, refill their drinks she was like he was like oh yeah you know 
I'm just so glad that Condola is finally out here, you know, just having fun, keeping things real casual, basically just telling him that, like, you know, this isn't, mm-hmm. you know, because she had just, uh, she basically Got had divorced. just been divorced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's only been like a year or so. Oh, you know what? I think I missed that because I saw the part where he was like, oh, this is just sex to you. Like, it's just like a, not a joke. She was just like, he was like, this is just like something casual for you. And I was, oh, I was wondering yeah. what was said to, to, for him to get to that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So like one of her friends had said that to him and that's basically not the vibe he had been getting right. from her. Right, right, right. And so they're arguing and basically he asked her like, are you over your ex? And she was just like, she didn't really say yes. She didn't say no. She basically was just like, that relationship is over with. But the one who I need to be worried, she was like, I need to be more worried about you and Issa because y'all over here like keep keen and whatnot. Mm. Um, She was basically like, if she hadn't cheated on you, would you still be with her? And I was just like, wow. I was like, that's not a fair question. It's not fair, yeah, because that led to him leaving her. But of right. course he'd like, still be with her. I mean, unless they fell out of love or whatever. But no, I, most likely he'd still be with her if uh, she did not do that. Right. And not only that, but like the thing is, it did happen. You know what I mean? Like he can't predict at this. So let's say, let's say this thing had happened, what, maybe a year ago in whatever time frame that they're talking about, maybe two years ago, uh, that she cheated on him with Daniel. Uh, we don't know that they would still be together now. You know what I mean? It was just, there's this kind of cataclysmic event that happened that kind of forced his hand to be like, okay, do we even want to be together right now? Right. You know? So like, I don't think that's fair for her to, to ask him that question. Um, But then there was a whole situation kind of like with Issa and, uh, and Molly, where they're basically just continuing to bump heads with one another, because mm-hmm. there was a whole scene with them in the supermarket. Yeah, where she, then I was just like, "Oh, y'all really hitting below the belt." Yeah, it's like I said <clears> last <throat> week. The way they talk to each other is really the problem. And like, you can definitely have an opinion on what your friend is going through or how they're handling certain things, but like the way they're just stabbing each other this season, I just can't. Yeah, it's like, wild, yo. I'm like, I was like, do women really communicate like this? Because I don't ever remember, I don't ever remember communicating like that with any of my friends. Right. You know, the my men, my friends who are men, or my friends that are women. Like, I don't remember taking digs at each other like this, unless I knew it was like, if I was gonna take a dig at you, like I knew it's something that we've talked about mm-hmm. and possibly even joked about previously. Or I'll take a and or like, I'll take a dig like if it has something to do with me. But th- it has right, nothing to do right. with each other. Like they're almost <laughs> two separate they almost have two separate lives, except the that's yeah. like Kelly and Tiffany and them. But other than that, like like the men in their lives don't really know each other. They actually date two different sets of men, which is I right. guess that's great. Right. So there's no need for the jabs, really. It's just like I'm telling you this, and if you're not gonna follow, then Hey, but it's not even that. It's, it's almost as if 
I don't know that they're consciously doing it. Like, I don't even, I don't think they're even aware of, like, the things that they're, that's coming out of their mouths. Because I'd be like, I would have never said uh, what Issa said to Molly when she was just like, you going to scare him away like, like old Molly? And all of them. Yeah, like, this is so wrong. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> do you allow people to grow or not? Yeah. And I, I think writing wise, I'm trying to figure out what the writers are trying, like, where did that come from? And you know how I am about like stuff just happening yeah. and without any proper. Heavy-handed. It was heavy handed, and then like for what? <laughs> like if if something but, had, if something had happened, you know. But then yeah. but no, Molly did she did mess up at the um the mixer. Yeah. So it's like you know yeah. these little things they they build up. Pass passive aggressiveness. I think that's probably term. Yeah, I think part of it's passive aggressive. The other part is, I think. Issa is kind of like feeling herself a bit kind of like to what I was saying last week like her her focus right now is getting this black party up and going mm. and so like any sort of like kind of like nonsense that doesn't really have to do with the black party she's not mm. even I don't even think she's like really putting second thought into it mm-hmm so I can see how that how a comment like that would have kind of like slipped out, particularly like if she truly feels that way, right? Because remember, even in the first season, remember she was just like, "Oh, so you mad because I can keep a man?" Oh yeah. Remember when she hit her yeah. with that? I was yeah. like, <laughs> "This isn't the first time that they've actually butted heads." Yeah. Over kind of like how they approach their decision making. Yeah. So. It's probably always been there. Um, and I think I think in a sense, Issa at some points at at different parts in life, I think Issa has envied Molly and the fact that when it comes to the relationship aspect, Issa has a better handle on how to like date and like have relationships with men that don't get all like crazy mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. a little bit. I'm not even saying that it's even that market of a difference, but like, I think that's kind of like her one up on her. So I think that's part of the reason why she may take those types of jabs. Well, my, um, Issa, even if it's unconscious, Issa has a better relationship with people. Even more men, yes. men, of course, but even with other people, she just has a better. I mean, I do think she's really awkward, and that's, that's part of her character. That's part of her cell, her drawer, rather. Yeah, it's part of her. Yeah, but, it's you part know, of her charm. Molly, like at the job and with the guys, she just can't seem to get it right. Whereas nothing. Yeah, so you know, I don't know. What do you think is going to happen by the end of the season? I don't know. I'm kind of. I watched the promo just now actually before we got on um they were like fighting over a parking spot i'm like yo y'all just y'all just need to not be (laughs) friends no more right this is ridiculous but we'll see well yeah i guess we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see um yeah you got anything else you want to i was um yeah somebody shared this thing i'm so careful with saying names on here uh it was like this quarantine dating thing. I may have to save it for next time. 
it's like it's like a game. It's like a like a thing to do um, with the person you're dating while being quarantined. Yeah, I can't find that oh, at all. Wow. I, I have to say that for next time. Yeah, send that to me. Right. <laughs> oh, one last thing: the battle last mm-hmm. night. Yes, Hezekiah Walker, John P. Key. All right, let me pull up. So. I think kind of with the uh, with their sound issues, I couldn't catch all the songs that played. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I could make out, I have them listed here. I didn't actually keep score this time because it was a little bit hard for me to keep up with what songs were going up against which songs. Mm-hmm. But so the first song that I have that John P. Key played was "Made It Out," mm-hmm. which is has like this. Uh, DC DMV area kind of vibe, mm, mm. which I was like, that's that's a great opener. Like if you were doing like a live concert, right? I'd be like, yeah, play that first, and then Hezekiah Walker came back with better. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got so much commentary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I was like, all right, cool. If you were opening up a Hezekiah Walker, uh concert sure you can play that i was like i guess um then john p key played he holds me up Mm -hmm. which hezekiah walker followed up with oh lord we praise you Mm -hmm. that was good the good choice that was a great choice i I was like yeah that's a great choice i have no idea what two songs came up next Mm -hmm. oh so i I have a darn it i had a list somebody actually wrote out the songs that Everyone played. Oh boy. Oh, oh man. Well, I can speak for Hezekiah because I before I was into James Hall, I was I was a super hard um Love Fellowship fan. So I was um I mean still am. Um let me see if Vincent shared it. Um hold on, hold on. Mm, not looking like it. Nope, nope. Okay, never mind. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. I definitely knew some of John P. Key's music. We sang it at church. You hear it here and there. I just was not, um, very well versed with his catalog, but I will say walking out of that, I won't say competition, walking out of that virtual concert, I definitely hold him in high regard. I think what Bishop Walker, I won't say he like messed up. I just think we want to hear the the subculture songs. Like to me, better was like a. Yeah. I won't say a mistake because I, I knew before the, the 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 thing, I was like, please don't play every praise and please don't play better. Those are your now pop songs. Like you, you, yeah, you, like yeah you have now crossed into a level to where you're you're just you're mainstream. You are completely mainstream right. now, which is great. I mean. I always tell people Hezekiah Walker has some the best gospel quote unquote career um among any artists in the game. I mean, just consistently putting out um timeless music. Um, I just thought that was like not a cheap shot. It was just like, okay, I mean, of course that's gonna be considered a hit. I'm thinking he should go back to the church choir album, I will bless the Lord, I'm glad to be alive, which we sang at church yeah, a lot. I thought he was going to play I Will Bless the Yeah. Lord too. I was surprised. He it did. was just like so many songs that 
He almost he almost played like a set list that he would perform today. Like kind of like his yeah. kind of like your staples. And I guess John Bikey did the same, but John Bikey's songs were hitting so hard. And I just think I think whoever organized um Bishop Walker's list didn't really go into the real archives and just be like pull out the gems. There's so many so many right. like just stuff I thought I was gonna hear, like creating me. Um just oh god, let the redeem. There's just so many, and he kind of like he did. They should have called you. Yo, I would have put together a crazy list, but you know. Let's see. So songs that that I have on my list that he played were, uh, so first, better, oh Lord, we praise you. Mm-hmm. How much we can bear. That's a good one. Which I know, yeah, we sung that at our church. Um, lift him up. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Let's Dance. That's a good one. Uh, Wonderful is your name. That's a good one. Nothing too hard for God. Uh, God favored me. Anyway, you bless me. That's a good one. And then there, there are two I didn't get. And then at the end, he played the song that uh, he actually did with John P. Key. I'll make it. Right, right, right. Which is a remake from their first album. Um, got it. So that's like kind of dope. Like that's like that that's their first single ever that came out in like eighty seven. Oh, um, really? But John B. Key wasn't on that one. That he was on the remake. Um oh, so that's it, cool. I'll, I'll I'll send you that. I mean it's like Matt Old. Um He did Let the Glory that um his ex wife used to sing. His ex wife's like she's like a staple in the choir. So doing her song was a big pull. Oh, he he did. Is she gonna is she gonna get some uh, some right? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think she watched it because I saw, I was on Facebook. She's like, oh, it's going on. I was like, all right. But um, that little yeah, thing yeah, yeah. over there. <laughs> but um, oh, did they call her my name? Which is that's uh, yeah, that was yeah. a big pull. So you know, I definitely downloaded every Jabi Key album that I saw. So after that, so so I'm oh, definitely getting to him. Um. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I wonder how like how this whole uh, versus, I guess, uh, campaign or event, whatever you want to call it. I wonder how it's been impacting sales or streaming for all of these different artists that participate. Like, like how much are they seeing a bump oh. in in their album sales based on the songs that they played? Um, or even, I guess, like if you're looking at producers like Timbaland and Swiss Beats, you know, they're not, they don't necessarily have albums of their own, but they do produce all this mm. music for all these different artists. So, how is it impacting those different artists' uh, streamings and like their sales and stuff like Probably that? Probably just the streaming, really. Um, you know, people are not buying like they used to. I know I buy here and there, it depends on who it is. But I'll definitely stream, so I'm sure they're seeing like a spike in streaming, and of course, just um, relevance. Like, like I said, like I was kind of on job to keep, but now that that battle happened, it's like, oh, okay, let me like really get into him now. So I went and streamed and downloaded all his albums. Um, yeah, you know what I really appreciated? They were two very different sounds yeah. too. Like Hezekiah Walker's, you can tell like. Or actually, I'll start with like John P. Keys. His music is so heavily like influenced by like kind of like that older down south mm-hmm. sound. 
that you get from like I guess your like traditional churches and stuff. Whereas I feel like Hez's music, it's unique and like in terms of like the background of the music sounded very like almost eighties R and B ish. Not that it's R and B itself, but like the use of like the synthesizers, um, things like that. It was like, hmm, like you could I was just like, I was listening, I was just like, that almost sounds a little Teddy Riley ish. Mm-hmm. Not not that it's Hezekiah like, now. It was oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um I forget which song it was that I listened to. It. I was just like, wow, I could totally see how this was influenced by like that sound of that time, especially coming out of yeah. New York. Um, where and John P. Key, he he's a lot of his stuff. I I felt like it was very like quartet. Some yeah yeah. Like I could hear court yeah like I could hear quartets doing a lot of yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. I like. I liked having like those two very like different sounds um, competing, going head to head. Yeah. Um, but they both sounded great. Yeah. That was the other thing about it. It wasn't, I don't think there was one song choice as like a casual listener of gospel mm-hmm. music. There wasn't one song choice where I was just like, that was terrible. Right. Don't ever play that right, song right. again. <laughs> I hope we but, see um, quite a few more, to be honest. Um, I'm glad I, I like what they did when it opened. They said, listen, we've been talking all week. We're great friends. This is not no competition. We're just getting together and playing music. And that's really what it was. And I really appreciated that because everybody gets kind of caught up in like the verses. So people like on Facebook were kind of going in. Then, it be, then the clicks yeah, are kind of I mean, like, I, oh, it, it can become a thing, especially when you talk about like spiritual leaders. Because you know how people go for their pastor, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think as as artists go, I think all the artists, for the most part, who have been doing these verses, they all have great respect for one for one another. Like they know how they've contributed to their specific genres mm-hmm. of music. Um, as far as you being, as far as like people being fans of whoever and like having their preference, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think, I think that's very much warranted because people do it all the time whether you know whether this was happening or not people have these arguments all the mm-hmm. time you know like i i don't even know who i would want to see next but like let's say i'm not going to put kirk franklin in there because i feel like whoever goes up against him would just get mm-hmm. destroyed yeah. no matter what but like if you if we could do like um, I'm I'm just throwing names out there. Say, Tasha Cobbs and I don't know Tamla Man. Okay. I'm, I'm not uh-huh. saying this is yeah. what it should be. I'm just saying like you throw you could put those two in the, in there, and their fans are going to go off no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think anyone really wants to go up against Kirk Franklin that way. Nobody, nobody in gospel. No, no, no. But yeah, I don't know who I would want to see next in terms of gospel singers. I thought last night pretty set the bar pretty high. Yeah, actually. that was definitely top level. Uh, People were saying like Fred Hammond and Israel, which I think is pretty decent. Um, I don't really. Well, again, I don't really care for Fred Hammond oh, like that. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, Man. buddy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know he's got hits. And, like, there are a few songs mm-hmm. that I like, but I've never been like, like, yo, when's the next Fred Hammond joint coming out? <laughs> nope. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> never been that way. So, well, I saw him live in concert. I went, my mom was like, like, will you come yeah. with me? I was like, all right, yeah. I'll go with you. Yeah, he comes like, cool. He would definitely rule the right. 90s. Yeah. It's sure. just so funny how everybody, like, has their time. It's almost like in any capacity, everybody has their day. Because it's like, how do you write such epic hits and you're ruling the 90s? Like, no big, no gospel artist is bigger than you, except Kurt Franklin. And this is like, now you're kind of like, nothing's going on. It's like, it's so interesting to see how careers work. And it's not just him, it's anybody who had their prime and then they're kind of like taking it easy um, maybe 20 years later. It's just so interesting. And then how people pop up behind you, it's just, life moves. Do you think the music got too complicated? I think think eventually, I think what happens is you come out with a banger. This is what usually happens to a lot of people. They come out hard. And they come out like a new sound. It's mm-hmm. like, you ain't never heard this, now you hot. Then you kind of, then you ascend. Yeah. Like, so then your second and third album is dope. And then people yeah. just start either losing juice or they start going too far. Because now, you, now you're trying to top mm. what you did. And then, like when he did that Love album, everybody was just kind of like, nah, man. <laughs> everybody was just like... Wow. Wait, why is it that everyone gets like screw faces whenever gospel artists decide to do like quote unquote a love album or an album? I just don't think it was a little early in time to do something like that. But even um what was Homegirl's name? The one that was on that uh on that show on BT when she put out her R and B album, they like ridiculed her. I don't know these. I don't know her name. Uh, I know she was like one of the judges. Oh, Erica Campbell. Um, no, 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 no. Kelly Price. Erica Campbell. I'm wild. I'm wild. She was Sunday on the best? show with Erica Campbell. Um, Sunday, Diana Sunday Kirkland. best. Yeah, Sunday best. So there was the the other woman. She was uh she was at oh Kimberell. She was a judge. Oh yes. Uh, okay, okay. Kimber was a pastor, and and she had a big mm-hmm. at that time. She had a big position in Kojic. She was like the assistant uh, minister of music. See, uh huh. See, this goes back to our oh, discussion. Yeah, R and B is a fine line. I man. feel it's it's a fine line because you could be singing about sensual, holistic love which I think is the goal. Like she wasn't thinking about sex, but the mm-hmm. thing about those type of songs, they can be observed as sexy. So like uh-huh. you can be singing about being with your partner, having a nice wind down, but then that can influence people who are not, now we're talking about like Christian rules here. That can influence people who are not married to engage in sexual activity. Now it's not your fault, but you know, the old days is like, you're kind of leading people to sin. I think that, and plus she's like, and she's almost 50, so she's from that generation. People now, honestly, they're singers now, they'll drop a gospel album, then be on an R&B gig. 
it's it's much more ambiguous nowadays with people our age. But you know, people like in their fifties, nah, you didn't. And then she then she had a music video. She was like in a lingerie thing. So that it was. It, it was a thing. <laughs> she definitely like she, she, she took the it. She took it there. Killed, she, she took, took it, it there. Far. And she, she was always ahead of her time anyway because she was so jazzy. Well, is she? Is she? Married? She was, but you know, so, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta talk about how how the church approaches. Uh, sex and adolescence, like like children, <laughs> adolescence being children who are becoming very oh. aware of sex oh, in the world. A, that's a whole other topic. That's next week. Let's write that down. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, Lord, yeah, right now, for sure. We got, we're gonna, we're gonna follow this up. I'm gonna shock the people. Yeah, to me to <laughs> of, of, of sinners. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, nah, you said. All right. All right. Was there anything else we needed to no, talk I about? We, we got to stop. Next time, we're not going to talk about coronavirus. We be dragging it with that. <laughs> Are we dragging it or is coronavirus? Um, both. Because I, I can't both, tell. Bro. I just hope. This, I want this to be oh. over in in a month. I'm gonna give it another month before, before I just say forget it. Start walking outside with no yeah. mask on, touching all yeah. the surfaces. I at least want to be able to go outside. Maybe everybody has to wear a mask, but just to be able to go places. Yeah, I think that will happen. It'll just be, I think it'll be very limited as it is now. But I don't know. I think by this, I think by summer they're definitely going to be kind of encouraging people to start getting back to their normal life. That's my prediction, but we'll see. All right, bro. All right, y'all. This has been episode four of the saints and sinners podcast. This has been your your boy. boy, Peace out. Peace.